I call them in a reactionary, no, not never a proactive manner. It's usually I had my car broken into. I got to file a police report for the insurance company. So the police have to come out. Could there be somebody else that takes a report? Can I do my report online? Like the stuff we're calling them for. A lot of times aren't like you said, the defunding, like there's other people that can respond, but it's like. Do we really need them as much as we think? To Byron's point, somebody killed my family member. Yes, a homicide detective is not rolling down the street, stopping people and shooting people in the Atlanta parking lot that was parked in a car because he was drunk. What up, what up, what up, what up? This is Three Brothers No Sense. I'm Tavares Ferguson, joined with my co-host, Rizzi and Buff. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Uh, probably what's on everybody's mind. Uh, that Dave Chappelle special dropped this week, man. So only 20 minutes, but it's uh, and it's not very, I guess, quote, funny. But I think it was the right uh, stand-up special for this time that we're all going through and witnessing right now. I mean, it had a couple of like, you know, ha-ha moments here and there, but it was very serious and it had some great points. And I, I for one, love that. I, I think I've only seen one person in my social media circle. And it, it's, it wasn't so much that she didn't like it. She just doesn't like him ever since the whole Black Klansman skit. But other than that, um, I thought it was great, man. Did you guys check it out? Oh yeah, definitely, man. It was it was so funny. Um, to, it, it like you talked about the couple ha ha moments. The ha ha moments were hilarious to me, though. Like <laughs> so, and it it broke up the seriousness of it. And I, I I think that's the beauty of Dave Chappelle. He can take such a serious and heavy topic and still make you want to listen or make you feel comfortable listening to him about it because he throws those, those one liners in there or he'll, you know, randomly start the joke talking about Don Lemon, but then finish out with like a very serious point to it. So, I mean, he, he's, he's a genius. He's gotten great at, so I watched some of his early stand up and we, we didn't get a lot of this during the Chappelle show either. But he's gotten very great at like telling a story and it almost like it's completely different. But then by the end of the story, it comes to the point that he's trying to make. So when he was when he starts to show off and he's talking about the eight minutes and 46 seconds, he's talking about at first how he's in California and it was an earthquake for what, like 34 seconds or something like that. Mm -hmm. Scariest Mm -hmm. moment is like felt like eternity. And this dude kneeled on this dude's neck for eight minutes and like it was it was perfect, man. And and just even with uh the brother that was in the military and then on the police force that that wound up, I guess, losing his job and, and killed those cops, and how so many of them showed up to kill him. Why can't they understand how we feel if that's how they feel when one of their own is killed? So I, I just thought it was brilliant, man. Go ahead, Ferg. Yeah, dude. I mean, that thing was so powerful and impactful in such a short period of time. You're right. He's 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 a great storyteller. And 
the way he hits on his points. And I think what makes him great with that is he doesn't lecture you about it. It's more of a like it's you respect his mind. He said it. The streets trust him. The streets trust Dave Chappelle. He didn't have to say anything because they trust him. I love the fact that he said, hey, I'm okay riding in the back seat. This is your like I'm here for you. But y'all, y'all, y'all warriors out there doing it, man. I mean, he's like, you don't need me to stand up. It's not about what Dave Chappelle has to say, but Dave Chappelle still has something to say. It was funny because Z and I were watching it. And after it ended, we kind of, it was like that moment of silence where you just ingested it all. I'm like, yeah, he might be the GOAT. Like, yeah. I was just kind of like, you yeah, know, just yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. You, like, you, you hesitate because you don't want to jump to conclusions, <laughs> but it, it's, the argument just like. Made. It's like, yeah, he might because he really doesn't have any weak points. Like, is everything he says the funniest? No. You know, like there's people that might be funnier than him, but his stories and the thing, the way he makes it, because you can make when you're talking about yourself and everything's funny and you're the butt of all jokes. Yeah, you can make life funny. But when you can make real life situations that are deep and impactful, memorable, and comical at the same time, that dude, I don't think anybody tops that like that. I mean, and the more I hear him and see him, and especially his latest special, I saw why the Chappelle show was such a conflict for him. Yeah. 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 And it, it, it made sense to me. It's like, you see me as this, but dude, I got so much more to say. And I, I thought it was eerie, the story he told of the Ohio police officer that pulled him over no. the night before. And the, and then the very next day, he kills John Crawford. That's crazy. And the only my only criticism, and it's not even a criti- criticism for real, for real, I just hate that he mentioned Candace Owens and Laura Ingram for the simple fact that it elevates mm-hmm. them. And I do love what he said about Laura Ingram at the end of the, like LeBron is the best at what he does. You mm-hmm. just a regular mm-hmm. to a platform. I, I did <laughs> love that. I love that. But at the same time, that's going to elevate her. That's going to elevate Candace. And those are the type of people I don't want us that support this movement to give our energy to. But yeah, I, because it's, I it's going to talking point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's going to give them credibility. Now they can talk. See, mm-hmm. people like Dave Chappelle. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but that's what's on my mind, man. What's what's on your mind, Ross? Man, I before we jump to my my stuff, I just want to tell you he has come a long way from Reggie on uh the the clumps or or whatever it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> women be shopping. Y'all y'all remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Like I, I had to like, oh that was Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I watched uh, Half Baked not long ago. Third good. I did watch Half Baked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's come a long and way. I forgot that he played other characters. I forgot he played um. He's in Con Air. Sir, was it Sir Smoke a Lot? What was it? What was the 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 oh, rapper. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he was doing him. He was he was channeling his inner Eddie Murphy yeah. on the, on that movie, man. So, um, it, talking about the goat, man, it's hard because you still have Eddie there, and, and Eddie, that's he's one more person he put on. Like he put Dave in the in Nutty Professor, man, Chris Rock and Boomerang. Like he put a lot of people on, yo. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah man. But Eddie talks about himself as a kid and being cool and stuff like that. But I think nobody has been able to talk about current events and just be so relevant. Like I can watch any Eddie stand up, and I'm not gonna come by come back uh, scratching my head like, yeah, that nigga got a point, dog. Like, I mean, yeah, he he's more conscious with his yeah, comedy, man. but I mean, you you go back to Raw and you you literally oh, yeah. laugh the entire time, oh, yeah, like yeah, you, you, yeah. you know. So yeah, that's the, that's he, the difference there. Like yeah, even I mean, Kevin Hart, like you got you gotta you gotta give Kevin Hart his props when you that. talk about his that. actual Kevin comedy. Hart. I'm like Kevin Hart to me is one of the funniest just because he's always the butt of a joke. He's okay. Seeming like seeming lame talking about his stuff and you know, his, his insecurities and his, his faults because he always kind of plays that screw up even in his movies, you know, cool enough, but still kind of just, you know, a screw up. So, so, so Kevin Hart is more like you would say like a, a a Jay-Z or some other popular rapper and Dave Chappelle is like black thought. You guys know Black Thought from yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But the thing about it is, to be in a world where conscious doesn't sell. Dave sells. Yeah. Dave yeah. yeah. Like, that's my thing. Yeah. Yeah, I that's a know, big man. deal. But, um, so, you know, just talk about the, the, the movies and everything else. Um, watching Dave Chappelle is the reason why I went back and watched just mercy again, truthfully, right before we started recording to the listeners out there, I was telling Byron, we know we were just kind of catching up on what we had done today. And, um, I went back and I watched just mercy again because I've been to the equal justice initiative. I've been to Montgomery, to the, the lynching museum. And, and if you haven't gone, I'm telling you go, uh, this is the perfect time to go right now. I would I would advise anybody who wants to teach their kids about the civil rights movement and to try to link what happened uh, during the civil rights movement to what's happening today. It's a perfect time to go do that. So go go to the Lynch Museum, go go to uh, the Equal Justice Initiative um, and, and you'll 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 definitely see that. But I was watching Just Mercy and man, I mean, it's powerful. So if you have not gone or if you not, have not seen that movie, Go watch it. It's free right now for uh, around the Juneteenth episode. While all this uh, the the movement is happening, I think Amazon has it on uh, Prime Video. You can rent it for free. There's a couple other Voodoo I think has it for free. So just go out, watch it. Uh, it's it's awesome. It talks about how the Equal Justice Initiative started, how they started uh, with uh, death row inmates, and what they had to go through in. Alabama. I mean, you, you really got to think we're, we're based out of Alabama or we grew up in Alabama. So from from the things that to be be able to get equal justice in Alabama, you weren't just on the justice system. You had to deal with the people, the DAs. We talk about voting local and making sure that you have a DA and not just and a, and a sheriff that actually understands you. These are the things. And so it underscores all of that. So I would say go out, rent that. Take an hour and a half, two hours, and watch that movie, man. Before Fur goes, just real quick, if you want a great example of what Rosie was talking about on why you need DAs and judges in place, go and look at LA 92 and what Judge Carlin did in that case on the death of uh, Natasha Harlan. It's, it's crazy how she got shot in the back of the head 
And that lady was sentenced. They, it was she was sentenced to fifteen years. Judge Carlin was like, "Nah." I looked at her. I know she's not a criminal. I know she won't do this again. Gave her probation with community service for killing wow. a fifteen-year-old girl who she thought was going to steal orange juice, but she wasn't. She had the money in her hand, but she grabbed Latasha. I think it's Latasha or Natasha. Natasha punched her in the eye. And the, the the Korean woman shot her in the back of the head. And she got probation and community service. So that's what we talk about when we say Black Lives Matter, because hers didn't matter. Not to that judge. And what Razio just said speaks volumes. We can't have those type of people in our justice system if we want to have any chance at a fair shake. Yep. Definitely. So I have two Two things I really want to hit on. Y'all want the the angry Ferg first, or the the this is quite quite amusing for commu- amusing to me. Which <laughs> let's I want. go amusing first, and then like let's let's wrap it up with angry Ferg. Yeah, yeah. Okay, for the commercial, because that'll, that'll segue <laughs> with angry Ferg into yeah. angry Ferg's question. So y'all brought it to my attention, and for all, all anybody that follows follows us, they know we got trolls now. We yeah. didn't make it. We're big time now. We got we got yes, Russian sir. bots. I don't know what it is, but it's hilarious. But it, it it was so funny to me because I wasn't entertaining any of them. But you know, I didn't want to be one of those people that people are entitled to their opinions. Some some people that tried to troll us were completely disrespectful. They was com- they were speaking from a place of complete hate and yeah. Rizzy and our team did the right thing and we blocked them in hear the messages because that that does no good for any of our listeners or followers. But there's some people that just were just misguided and had stuff to say. So why not? So <laughs> last night, I think I want to say I know I uh, I wouldn't even call it a debate. I exchange words because to debate means we're on the same level intellectually. And this person definitely was not on the same intellectual level as myself or I want to say that was you, Byron. Yeah. Was that you that responded yeah, to him? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was so crazy you know, the the same rhetoric, same narrative about, you know, he shouldn't have resisted and stuff like that. And and now the thing I'm hearing more is like, well, you guys don't get upset when police kill white, when they kill the white, white people. I'm like, you know what? In my mind, I'm like, you know what? You're right. Let's try this social experiment. You know what it is messed up when police kill white people, unarmed white people. Hey. It's your turn. Can you say the same thing? Uh oh. Can you return the gesture? <laughs> you know, like that's my thing. It's like they want us to see it. And it made when I did that, when I sent it, I'm like, hey, can you say the same thing? I don't need a disclaimer. I don't need a what if. I just can you just I, I just accept the fact that when police use their position of power and unjustly kill people, and not even just people, white people, that is messed up. Can you return the gesture? And of course, he danced around it and all that stuff. And so now my my new retort to anybody that that does it, I'm going to give them just a little bit because I want them to hang themselves. I don't think we've tried this approach. Well, all lives matter. You know what? You're right. All lives matter. Now, can you say black lives matter? Do you think people will really respond? You think people will give in and say, you know what? Now that you've admitted that all lives matter, I'll say Black Lives Matter, too. I guarantee you still get that same pushback. And that was interesting to me. It was like I'm sitting there laughing like this guy's going to dance around and he he still hasn't said anything. And I just ended the conversation. I think somebody else picked up where I left off. But it really had me 
amused by his, resp- his, his response. Like he tried his hardest. He even got to the point where he'd rather say he pretty much, he was okay with white people getting killed by police just so he wouldn't have to say it, it was a bad thing when black people got killed by police. And I'm like, this dude is farthest reach. That's dedication right to, there. Yeah, that is <laughs> Hats off to you being that blind, right, right. you know. With, but with the Confederate flag that. in his uh, profile pic, by the way. Oh yeah, with Confederate <laughs> flag, which is another point I was gonna bring. Yeah, up. NASCAR, NASCAR banned Confederate flags. NASCAR guys. <laughs> Not only that, it's when you look at and somebody posted this, and then I repost. I think I reposted in our group. It said my college career lasted longer than the Confederacy, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? The Confederacy on paper was only around for four to five years. These people yep. act like there was my grand great, my great, great, great grandfather passed on the competitors. Like, dude, we're talking about four or five years and you're talking about all this history that you're going to lose. But we're supposed to forget hundreds of years of slavery, hundreds of years of injustice for your four or five, your college career, some, somebody in your family majored in being a racist, majored in Confederacy. And that's where you draw this. I can't believe you take, took, you're taking down the, the statues and we have to be ashamed of our history. Dude, what's my four years? Get over it. And you Get should over. be ashamed of you. You should be ashamed of that history. That, that is my, the, the problem that I really have with that argument. You should be ashamed that your people and your ancestors fought to keep people enslaved. Like I would I would hang my head. Think about an entire country or half a country saying we want slaves and we want to keep slaves and we're going to fight and die and kill more people in this war than any war in history and since that war. Yeah, but I mean just for that idea. Yeah, but even then I look at the to me the the closest thing is the Nazi party. The Nazi party was long, around longer than Freaking uh, the Confederacy, yeah. and we there. They have no rights. They 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 can't hang a flag anywhere. They can't. You can't go to Germany and hang a like. It's it is what it is. Yes, it's part of history. Well, you know, and and I, I'll gi- I'll give them this though. You, you say the Nazi Party was around longer. The thing is, the Confederacy was around way longer than those four years. Because when you think about. The sons of the uh, Confederacy, the daughters of the Confederacy, those are the people who literally wrote our education system in the South. So the reason why black history isn't taught, the reason why history is whitewashed in our systems is because the daughters of the Confederacy. So the, the, the Confederacy was around and that's what caused Jim Crow. And that and they 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 are still there. That's why your Betsy DeVosses are in there and they're messing up our education systems because of that. The Confederacy is still here. And and this is their last dying breath. They are pushing well, back as much as they can. Well, the Confederacy as a, a record label, a country and a flag <laughs> were around for four years. That's my thing. Like, love it, love it. I get it. Like you, you people hold on to bad habits. But like, you're, you're, they held on to it. They held on to something that only lasted four years is my point. Like it was only established for four years and you made it seem like it was generations of generations of a not even a belief. I understand the racism and the Southern belief and slavery and all that stuff. Southern pride. That's completely different than the Confederacy, the group that had their own flag, seceded from the Union, 
were pretty much terrorists and wage war on the country were a four year group. Now you guys are the, the rejects of the Confederacy. And I hope I piss some people off that may happen, happen to listen to our podcast that, which I doubt, but you know, like it's four years. Like we're descendants of slaves for the most part. We're the descendants of the Confederacy. We're not slaves. So screw you, screw your little four-year Confederacy degree, get over it. Y'all lost. We won. Well, not even we. Y'all lost. Uh, and my last point is, man, we're still dying, man. It's crazy. Like, it's, it's so crazy that police, I remember being a kid and seeing one, like my cousin or somebody get in trouble. And when that trouble is in the air, you can almost smell it, taste it, feel it, touch it. Man, I'm I'm the best kid in the world until that blew over. Like, how are you still making the same mistakes when all eyes in the world, not even just the country, people are looking at us all over the world are on you right now. You got a young man in Atlanta who rightfully so. He was intoxicated. He was drunk. He got in a scuffle with the police. All wrong things. And let me add, he was giving that work, by the way. But he takes off to run and they unload on him and shoot him like he is no longer a threat because he is going the other way. And they kill him. And I guarantee the whole narrative is going to be, well, he was fighting, resisting. He deserved to die, yada, yada, yada. It's going to be harder for people to get on board with this, most likely. But it's, I, I, how do you still make these mistakes when all eyes are on you right now? They're still protesting in Atlanta. They're still protesting all over the country. And you're still doing it, man. To me, that shows there is, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about that. So I'm just, I'm, I'm pissed. Still. So anything, fellas, because it's about the time to pay these bills. It's Latasha Harlins, by the way. Latasha. Just wanted okay. to put that out there. Appreciate it. And we'll post something about that as well. So as you know, it's bill paying time. Time to pay these bills. All right, people. We're back. And unfortunately, Sophie is not here with us today to tell our jokes. So Stuck with Rizzy. <laughs> Rizzy, what you got for us today, man? From, you ain't gonna come for me like that, I man. Say, that was a terrible setup. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Low expectations. That's all right. That's all right. Prove me so, wrong. Ah, no, it's fine. It's fine, man. I mean, oh, I'm not a Dave Chappelle. I will let you know that now. I'm not Dave Chappelle by any means. But uh, what I do, I, I did have more of a question than a joke today. But so you know, the quarantine's easing, and everybody's kind of starting to go back out and everything. So I just want to know what's the opposite of isolate. You so early. <laughs> so Ford just turned his back. And I, you know, I was just <sighs> when when the person that tells the joke has to laugh at it, it's bad. <laughs> it's it's a lot of times I la- I'm not laughing at the joke because I've heard it or I've said it enough times in my head. But um, 
it's your reactions <laughs> that I'm laughing at. Man, uh, it's like ever since you started doing these, I'm seeing them more and more. Uh, I'm probably going to mess up her name, but Marquisha. Marquisha. Yeah, Marquisha. She posted one and it was like, everyone told Sam not to sing, but Sam sung anyway. So it was like, Sam sung. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I just left the angry emoji on that show. I was like, what the hell, man? It's like, you're oh. rubbing off on everybody, man. Yeah, bro, you're exactly. a bad influence, bro. It's, it's just you guys don't appreciate a good dad joke. That's what it is, man. You know what? We're going to do a dad joke off for Father's Day. Whoa, pause. <laughs> joke off? Uh, hey, okay. man, so he's on. Right. So, <laughs> so you part of that, 20, that, that, that new millennial pause, worried about something sounding homosexual and stuff like that, man. Screw that. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just in case. So, no, nah, but no, nah, man. Uh, see who can give us the best or worst dad joke for Father's Day. So uh, we'll we'll put that on up there. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be good. Don't put that well, fifty cent one because we've all seen the fifty cent joke now. What did fifty do when he was hungry? Fifty eight. Fifty eight. Yeah. yeah, we got that one. So please, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's still gonna put it up. Yeah, there. <laughs> of course. Um. So I guess we'll get back to the business as usual. I'll start us off. You know, right now it's we've been talking about the deaths and we've been talking about the police. And recently there's been more talk on how to handle the police and what do we need to do next? So my question is going to be around uh, what is next and what are your stances on these next suggestions for the police? So um, I think one is kind of, Leave leave things intact the way they are and just make stricter uh, laws governing them. Two is defunding the police. And the third is disbanding the police department as we know it, like they did in, I think, Newark. Yeah. No, no, Camden. No, Camden. Camden yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, um, they they. They didn't. Well, I guess they did disband for a second, but there there's. I guess a fourth option there, which is like abolish the police force. So there are people out there that are actually saying not disband and reorganize, but literally abolish and not have a police force. Yeah. I I know somebody, my line brother is really big on that and uh, he's made some valid points on that. So I want to hear what you guys have to say. So take it away on your thoughts on any of the four or. Okay. So give me, give me, give me the four again. I know you. So one is just kind of stricter, harsher rules. Like it's, hey, you do this. These are the consequences. Shoot an unarmed black person or shoot an unarmed person unjustly. That's 10 to 15 years in jail. No questions asked. And then we just can keep adding the penalties up. The second one is defund. The third is, uh, I guess. Disband. Disband and rehire. No, I'm not. Retrain or restructure. Definitely not. And the fourth one is just. And the fourth is just kind of get rid of this altogether. So I'm for I'm for the funding, depending on how you do it. Like if you're talking about police departments that have this super bloated, um, you know, budget, you can divert some of those funds to social work and other services that can possibly help prevent some of the issues that these police officers have to wind up showing up to in the first place. Uh, So 
I'm I'm forward if you're talking about doing that. The thing is, man, with with all of these ideas, um, <laughs> it's gonna I'm gonna sound completely different from the last two episodes. But there's no one size fits all when it comes to police work. So, you know, yeah, don't shoot an unarmed black black man. But I think I said like on a very very previous episode, you know, it kind of depends. Yeah, that the unarmed it don't have to be a black person. An unarmed person, period. They can start off unarmed, but once you start, you know, physically fighting the police officer and punching them and stuff like that, this is going to be something a lot of people are not going to want to hear. But police officers cannot afford to lose a fight. That's that's just the way it is, even if you don't like hearing that. They're not, they can't allow themselves to lose a fight. Why you, is that? Because if you knock a police police officer out, what can you do? You can take their you can take their weapon. Now you are armed, so you done went from unarmed to armed. So you you can't do that. Uh, I'm not condoning some of the obviously some of the killings we've seen over the many many years. Most recently with George Floyd, with the Atlanta one that you mentioned, Fur. I'm kind of I'm holding off on that one because I watched the video. From what I saw, unless new evidence comes out, it looked very bang bang. So, like, the guy's running. He has what looks like a taser gun. He stops. He turns around. He shoots it. And as he's turning around to run away, the officer returns fire. And that's how the whole... So, when you say, like, shot in the back, that sounds terrible. Like, when I first heard it, I was like, yo, did he not study Tennessee versus Garner? Like, you can only do that if they're suspected of a violent crime and they're about to commit another violent crime. Sleeping in the car is not a violent crime. But when I saw the video, I'm like, okay... But I'm not ready to ride for either side on the, I'm this. This is one where I'm just going to wait and, and see what all the facts say. But just to get back to your question, man, I'm for defunding. If you're going to disband, okay, disband, but what are you replacing them with? Because you can disband and come back with the exact same thing or worse. So you know my answer to this, and I've said it many times, is racism. For the most part, police officers are upholding what the majority of white people want them to do, and that's to keep black and brown people in check. We saw it with, uh, what was her name, Amy Cooper? Uh, I, I believe it was in Central Park. We see it time and time again with all these, uh, quote, Karens that call the police. That's pretty much what majority municipalities, counties, and cities want their police officers to do. So... We can say we need police to start back doing community policing and do all these other things, and that will help. But we have got to attack racism as fiercely as possible because it's too many white people that think it's okay. Like, look at the excuses they're making for, like, for a split second, I thought when anybody saw the George Floyd murder, they would say, oh, man, that's messed up. Like, even Rush Limbaugh was like, that's messed up. But then you got people who's like, well, he had drugs in the system. Well, he used to get arrested a lot. It's like, so for them, we got to, like, it's got to be some perfect Negro with, with like, the perfect lineup, a doctorate degree, in a suit, walking down the street, I guess, sipping a Slurpee, both hands in his pockets or something like that. I don't know. Like, we need, like, this perfect victim before white people have some white people have any sympathy for our lives. And until we correct that, whatever you replace the police department with, 
the majority of white people are going to want to use them to keep us in check. And that is the major problem. And finally, I'll just say, you know, with all these, I'm, I'm very leery of these politicians trying to fix the police department because it's the only profession where people who have never done the job think they can tell these people how to do it. And, I'm, you know, the police, police all over the country have been messing up, no doubt. But we're not telling teachers how to teach. We don't tell doctors how to operate. <clears throat> it's kind of hard to, for them to just come in and say, this is exactly what, the, what we need to do and it's going to work. I think it needs to be an all-hands-on approach. But, again, I'm, I'm just going to end it with racism, man. Until we get rid of racism, it's always going to be a problem with police because people want authority figures from slave catchers to what we have now in police, white people are going to want black people put in check. Gotcha. I, I want to correct you on uh, the teacher thing because um, the government and politicians do tell the teachers how to perform their profession <laughs> with standardized testing and, and everything. So, yeah, that's part of, that's one of the biggest problems with our education system is a lot of teachers like I had to teach to test. You know, like uh, I remember when I first started mentoring and we're trying to help kids. Uh, I was helping a kid with math and I got reprimanded because I wasn't using the the new system. And this is how they test. And this is how they have to show their work on these tests and stuff like that. And that's a whole nother subject. But I understand what you're saying. You know, it's hard yeah. to until you put yourself in the you know, you walk a, a mile in their shoes. It's kind of hard. But I'll say my critique for. uh after rising. Yeah. What, what, what right. you got for so, so, yeah. For, um, I'm a, along those same lines as Byron with, uh, I definitely agree with defund the police and, and increasing, not necessarily punishment. Everybody kind of keeps going to the punishment side of it and, and the stick side of it. The, along with defunding the police, it's, we need to ratchet back the ask of the police. We're asking the police to be everything. We want them to be social workers. We want them to be, you know, security guards and we want them to be detectives and we want them to find the person in an hour that did this thing. And, and you know, so that they can't do it all. And that I think is the issue with the, the first part of it is not necessarily giving them more sticks and we got to be harsher on them. Uh, we need to uphold the laws that are on the books. If a, if a policeman like shoots an unarmed person in the back, that's literally just running away that doesn't have uh, a weapon and did nothing wrong or, or, or something minor, you know, if it's something that you can get a ticket for, like I, I, I literally can write you a ticket for jaywalking, but all of a sudden you run away from me. Like I, I think there's a case right now or a, a case recently where a police officer shot somebody because they wouldn't sign the ticket. Like yep. those types of things are is what, yes, we need to go down that road. We need to have that stick. We need to uh, try them uh, for murder in those cases, but we need to ratchet back the laws and the asks of what we are asking these police officers to do. Then we can actually defund those police forces and fund mental health professionals, social workers, uh, extra health care uh, professionals, uh, first responders, you know, things like it, it, there are, you know, if I need to call an ambulance, a lot of times the police are all on scene first. We, we were taught when we were going through EMT, is the scene safe? If not, I'm not going in and doing anything, you know. So those types, we're asking our police officers to do so much. Uh, that we need to bring that back. 
as far as disbanding and reorganizing, I, I, I'm okay with that. If there is a good coverage plan, I'm okay with it because what that does is it breaks up everybody there. You're not, you're not, you, since you fired everybody, I'm not beholden to the union to not be able to fire this guy that had seven different, um, you know, complaints on him. He gets a complaint every two weeks, but because the union has been working their magic, I can't really fire him because they're not bad enough or it's not enough of those complaints. Um, and so that's what disbanding and, and rehiring does is, is it gets everybody off the rolls and I hire you back based on your record, what I see, how many complaints you had, uh, you do another interview, we might do a psycho evaluation, um, that type of thing. And so that's how it works. How Newark did it is they disbanded, but they had a plan that the sheriff would a- actually cover for the month, I think, that they they thought it might take for them to disband, do their interviews and rehire and restructure. So it actually was a really good plan. And in in that, I think complaints went down by like 50, 60 percent from the people in that community. So that's what disbanding and reorganizing or rehiring can do for you. But you have to have that plan. Is the sheriff going to take control? Are you going to do half and half? I don't know. I mean, you know, we're going to go to half shifts. Um, We're going to terminate these folks. Now, while you're on that half shift, more than likely those folks that's just sitting there probably ain't going to do nothing. So I don't know if that's a good plan or not, but I'm just saying they got to have, they got to have a plan to before they move forward. I think it's a good plan, but that has to be on a local level, very much on your city level when you start talking through disbanding and stuff. That can't be some federally uh, led uh, plan uh, unless they say, hey, we're going to federally we're going to help somehow. I I don't know how they would do that, but, you know, we're going to organize where one city covers the other city while that happens or whatever. And we'll give extra funding for the extra shifts. I can see something like that where, you know, uh, Birmingham. While you're going through your reorganization, Hoover, we're going to pay for all the extra time. And that you can, you know, you can get a grant from the government, the federal government for that overtime pay while you're covering Birmingham, while they go through their organization. So I can see some I can see something happening there on a federal level. But that's definitely going to be a local level thing that you have to do um, as far as abolishing the police. Um, that's just dumb. I, I'll, I'll just say it. Uh, you know, you're I want to feel safe. I want to be able to call somebody with some authority that can make this person get off my lawn if I before I shoot them. I don't want to have to be put in that place where we're in this lawlessness of I just trust that everybody's going to do the right thing. Uh, there, there are people that aren't going to do the right thing. There are people that aren't going to, you know, listen and and when you say get off my yard or we're, um, you know, I caught somebody um, shoplifting. A- a- am I as a citizen going to try to hold that person until the next, uh, until the police officer comes? No. You know, I want to be able to call, give a description. Y'all go find them. That that's the type of thing that I want the police officers to be able to do. But at the same time, I don't want the police officers again, going back to, I don't want them shooting the guy because he shoplifted because he ran from them. Like that, those are the things that, you know, so like Byron said, it, it's going to take all of them it, uh, except for abolishing. <laughs> but it's going to take all of it and, and, and more. But, uh, you know, it's it's not a one size fits all single shot approach. All righty. Um, so I I understand what everybody says and I've, I have similar views. I've taken a harsher stance in the last few weeks. Uh, I'll start with one. 
and when you talk about racism, Byron, I'm, I'm a firm believer that racism has a stop, but I just don't think it is. Like, I just don't think morally, especially as Americans, we're ever going to get there. And so nothing that's happened in the years that this country has been around has me believe that that's going to ever happen. So the reason I say take a harsher stance, and I'm kind of more with you, Rising, when you were saying like, you know, I'm not just saying, oh, you shot an unarmed person. It's like there has to be things. And don't make them so specific, because I don't know if you guys all watch the John Oliver uh, show. And he was I forgot what he called it. Something immunity where basically because it's in a uh, because it's not illegal and it's in a, the ramifications of their job duty, they are certain immunity that comes with being a police. Get that to a certain extent. And then there was another part about the law where you oh, man, I forgot what they call it. Basically. It's hard to convict unless there's already been a conviction for the exact same uh, crime. So, you and, know, and he does mean exact. Like, so it's like if, the, if you name it a, a river and a stream, those are different cases. And so we can't use that precedent yeah, from the yeah. whole case. Cops shot a guy while running in a parking lot. Did, and this happened. Oh, it could be similar case. But this guy shot a guy on the sidewalk next to the parking lot. So it's a completely different scenario in that, in that world. So like it has to be, it has to be almost like you need to prove to us that your, your life was in danger and this was justified and, 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 um, and not excessive force. Like to me, explain to me why you had to put your knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Could you have not put your knee in his back? Could you have not, was he not handcuffed? Like, yes, he might've had medical problems. Yes, he had drugs in his system, but that doesn't matter because this is what you did. So prove to me that you could have, there was no other route you could have taken. Like, I don't know the details of it, but I want it to be known. Like, I feel like we're debating the wrong things too many. No, it's not that we're debating the wrong thing. It's sad that we have to debate this. It shouldn't be is this guy going to jail and going to get convicted? It should be how long is he going to get convicted for? That's what I want to get to the point. It's like, oh, yeah, there's no way he's getting off of that. I wonder if they're going to, is it going to be murder three, manslaughter, or his his body camera's off? That was another two years. Like, I want those type things to be on the books where we're not worried about if he's going to get off. It's how, how easy are they going to go on him? And we need to be protesting. We, we, I, I would be for lack of better words, almost happy when we can get to the point where like our protests become, Oh, he only got 10 years and he lived, he kept his knee on his dude's neck for, for eight minutes and 46 seconds. He should have got no less than 20 to life. Like that to me is where we should be at this point in our, in our, in our history. Cause I just feel like there's going to be people who are going to have complicit biases. They're going to think black people are greater that threat, no matter what races or not is just how they're, they're wired. And we just have to accept that as human nature. And Say, hey, you know what? You made a mistake. You did wrong. This is your penalty. Um, don't I I don't have all the answers on that one. The second one, I think, was what was it? Did I say restructuring? Defunding. Or defunding. I'm I'm with you, Rise. I think they should defund and put it back into the the communities. You like we always see their they lower funding for healthcare, lower funding for education. They keep lowering funding, but it seems like I see more and more increases in uh, funding for our police and the way that they're, they're, they're like an army. Like to me, there's, 
like to have all these tanks, to have all these things. I what's funny is I always watch these old movies and you can kind of tell when they happened. Was it pre almost like pre-war on drugs or post-war on drugs? Because the the artillery that the the police have at the time, you know, when police are still walking around with revolvers and all this stuff. And yes, there is probably a, a need for certain things, but it, it shouldn't be like these guys should not be ready for war. Like if you look at these riot police, they look like they are ready for war. And we need to take money out of that and put it back into the things that matter, like the uh, to healthcare and to mental health funding and stuff like that in the community where we can have people that can respond to these things and hopefully uh, create a culture where they don't have to call the police out because we have a mental health professional or health mental health clinics in the, in the, uh, in the community. Perfect example. Well, not perfect example is think about Joker. Like he was already kind of spiraling out of control, but that when they got rid of that mental, when they defunded that, that opened the floodgates. That's an extreme example, but it was like, it was like, yeah, they, when he was like, Oh, you don't care enough. And now all of a sudden you got this, uh, maniac that's a criminal. The restructuring and the uh, abolishment. I'm I'm okay with both. And because I asked this question, my line brother asked this question the other day, and I'm gonna pose the same question to you. When have you guys ever called? Well, for the, first of all, what do you think the police are responsible for in your world? What is their job to do? They're supposed to protect and serve. So. Uh, Somebody breaks in your house or anything like that, like Rosie in his example, you know, you should be able to call someone. They come get the information, hopefully find and get justice for you. Uh, if someone kills one of your family members or anything like that, uh, you know, if they're around, hopefully they can help prevent it. If not, they can at least help catch the person. The serving part, like. Sometimes you see people on the side of the road stranded. You may see an officer that come. You don't see it that much now, but at least in the movies, you see an officer help that person out, get them back on the road. Like, that's what they should be for. Razi, what about you? Yeah, like like Byron said, it's it's that that I want to be able to have an authority figure that I can contact uh, when there are things that I need emergency help with. Things like, I mean, it, it it definitely domestic violence happens all the time. People fear for their life in real life, and there needs to be somebody that they can call that has that authority to come in and and help you break in the door if need be. Because you know, I he, when I walk up to the door, I hear this woman screaming, um, "Help me!" Like people, neighbors don't do that all the time. Uh, and so that's where those the the police are. So I, I I've I've seen that same argument of name a good or service that they provide. That is the service that they provide. They provide <laughs> the, any they provide any service that the legislature says that they should be providing. The problem, yeah. and that's what I was talking about with defunding, uh, that goes along with it is the services that we act ask them to provide are too many services. We need to scale that back. And be very specific on here's the things that I want. Um, you know, do we want traffic? Do we want them giving traffic tickets? Well, the problem with us saying no, we don't want them giving tra traffic tickets is now speed limits don't mean anything anymore. 
stop signs don't mean anything anymore. If there's no threat of if I run this and a cop sees me, I'm going to get a ticket. So that that's the problem is that you, you and you you've done it. You've been speeding and you see that you think that's a, a car, a cop car up there. You've slowed down and hit the speed limit. Like, let's be honest yeah, here. Like, okay. We've done that. So those uh, are the services that we want. OK, a couple of things. I'll go with the speeding thing. And what happens after I pass them? I, I speed again. They don't stop anything. Like th- that to me, that didn't that didn't stop anything. That just uh, did that save anybody's life. It's like we do just enough not to get arrested and or get in trouble, and then we go back to doing the same thing. So, when was the last time that you guys called the police? And only the the only person that can handle what you called them for was the police. Like, we, we like, yeah, they, they're supposed to do this, this. And it's like, I've never called the police. I've called them in a reactionary, no, not never a proactive manner. It's usually I had my car broken into. I got to file a police report for the insurance company. So the police have to come out. Could there be somebody else that takes a report? Can I do my report online? Like the stuff we're calling them for a lot of times aren't, like you said, the defunding, like there's other people that can respond, but it's like, do we really need them as much as we think? To Byron's point, somebody killed my family member. Yes, a homicide detective is not rolling down the street, stopping people and shooting people in an Atlanta parking lot that was parked in a car because he was drunk. You know, it's, it's to me, it's, it's abolishing or uh debunking the police as we know it and getting those. Yes. Narcotics should still be out there. Yes. There should still be a homicide team and a theft team and stuff like that. But it's a lot of these beat cops who are creating the problems. It's there's over policing in these communities. You know, it's did Eric Gardner have to, you said, you know, you want to be able to call somebody and because they're shoplifting. Okay. They can either write him a ticket or get on. Like the guy was selling loose cigarettes. They called the police, a beat cop, and he choked them out. Like, is is that worth calling to the police? You know, is there another team that could come out there and do that? Or is it can it be something that's less, less threatening? Like they have a whole nother training, like, hey, it's not a shoot first mentality. When you're coming out to do this, and uh, so I'm not against like about because I've never called I mean, I've you, never called you can you can call them something different, but that that same ask yeah, is what you thing. want yeah. is the exact same thing so you can call him a purple elephant i need to call the purple elephants to stop him but the thing is I, you call somebody to stop him so you need somebody who has that authority to stop him hey this guy's loitering in front of my business or in front of my house or you know around my kids and I need somebody to come and talk to him because I don't want to approach him and none of us want to approach him. So, yes, call it whatever you want, but you need that authority figure there. And that is what the ask is of the police. And so my thing is, I think you like I say you, 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 you break it up. Like, think about the, the meter maid. Have you ever been pulled over, or been next to a meter maid and felt threatened? It's it's. 
It's that's because that's because she has a specific ask, and you know that she is and, not trying to do that's anything beyond that. We need it. to we need to abolish like this. That, that's why I said to debunk, me defund, but abolish the police as we know it and restructure. Like every police officer doesn't have to walk up and like this meter made. This is your job. Like if you walk up and say, "Hey, this is a person is soliciting uh, outside of my business," and they automatically go in guns a blazing or red hot. Like you're, you're not, this is not, if you can't handle this, that's when you call in Byron. You yeah, call so in yeah, big. You're, you're, it sounds like you're saying you're, the you're same thing. Reform. It sounds like you're saying the you're, same thing. No, no, saying. I'm saying. Yeah. That's no, not abolishing. I, that's not abolishing. That is reform. <laughs> and that is defunding, but that's not abolishing. Abolishing means it's, there is nobody uh, to call there, That abolishing means that, I can't call any service right now to make this guy move off from uh, loitering in front of my business. Got it. Because there is nobody with that authority to make him do that. That's what abolishing the police is. And I, and I, I, I said I don't believe in. I feel I feel uh, abolishing certain segments. Like I don't, I don't know. So it sounds like I you're saying say, you want them to have, sp- like you brought up the meter maid. Like you pick out what services you want. Po- this police to respond to, which is what Razio was saying, that maybe we need to scale back the responsibilities that they have so that they're only responding to specific things and not just fix everything approach. I understand that. What I'm not saying, like, yes, if there's a mental health issue, then you probably need a mental health professional. But if there's a potential, but, but at the same time, if there's a mental health issue and the guy is lashing out and being violent, waving that mental knife. health professional, yeah. yes, yeah. he's and, waving and, a yeah. knife. That mental health professional is like, I ain't approaching him until somebody, i.e., police, yeah, gets and in control of him. And then at the same time, I think we, they should not be able to approach that that scene if there's no immediate danger without a mental health professional avail- available or on scene. Like it, it needs to be more. Like it needs to be the proper people handling the situation. I I, I agree with that. And and that, this is this is where we get into nuance. And and so everybody's trying to say, you know, every uh, like try to make a rule for every situation. If that guy's waving that knife and people are feeling um, threatened by that guy waving that knife right there, we can't wait for the mental health professional to come from across the uh you know all the way because we we don't have enough. He can't but, come from across the city. That you you talk about Houston. That could be an hour and a half and that, before but, he gets and back that, over and to That's you. not a mental health issue anymore. That's like you know, before a mental health person shows up, that knife got to be dropped. Otherwise, <laughs> exactly. if I'm a mental health worker, I ain't showing up. Like it's a and lot of it's say, a lot of paramedics. They ain't gonna show up until the did threat I say is approach him or anything? No, don't, I, and no. I, 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 I say I, don't show up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but even with that, the mental health professional doesn't control that scene until it's safe. Because that 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 is, and I think that's kind of SOP right now. Is police control the scene until it's everybody feels safe, until it's secure, and then they turn it over mental health professional. You got them or whatever. But the the issue comes in. There's not enough mental health professionals, so they aren't turning the scene over to mental health professionals. They're having to be the mental health and talk to them and figure out where to go. And so now they're taking everybody to Gen Pop or into county lockup and putting these mental health folks into the, the, the lockup instead of bringing them to somewhere that they can actually get some help. So that's, that's the issue. But I mean, we can, we can 
we can talk about it for uh, ever, but you know, we got we got two other questions, and I'm going next, so Byron probably ain't gonna get a question. That's, I don't know. That's, pretty, that's, probably, that's good because I don't really like my question this week. Okay, all right. Bird, <laughs> <laughs> you have anything else you want to add? I don't, I don't want to just like no, hijack. no, no. I mean, my thing is like I just. I really feel like we have to, if anything, I'm like I said, defunding and restructuring um, with community involvement. You know, uh, if we could do anything, if we have to do anything, it's with those people having to re-interview for their jobs. I think you need com- community people on that panel. And, I, I, I agree. I think and community leaders say, and be able to. Who- I'm going to we're hiring who's going to police us. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody and they they brought up this point where it was like when they ask for and I think they're trying to the union kind of protects the police records. You know, and it's almost like when they ask for your license and registration, they should be handing you a card as well with their credentialing on it. Like, oh, okay, while while you're looking at my stuff, let me look. Well, it looks like you just had you did this, this, this and this like it's I know about you. You know about me. We, we're both safe. Like it's, why are you the only person you're supposed to protect and serve me, but I don't feel safe around you at all. I think it's almost like, it, like you're getting a car accident. You we're exchanging information. Like I need to know who you are too, but we, we just uh, lost all the blue lives matter crowd. <laughs> <laughs> no, we know blue, you're blue, defending them. So I, I, I think, blue, I think it's lives, one of those things. Blue lives, hey, when, blue lives matter. Blue is a lives myth, by the way. It's a myth. It's a myth. It's a myth. Blue lives should have mattered on Avatar, bro. You saw the only time blue lives should have mattered was on Avatar. And, and they did. The colonizers <laughs> came and took, knocked them out too. So. It, it, no, it, no, it is what it is. Blue lives ain't matter right, when that brother shot that white girl in Minnesota. It ain't matter then. They locked his ass mm-hmm. up. Go ahead, Roger. Yeah, same, same, same with gun rights. NRA ain't uh, jumping to the nobody defense if they, uh, if they black. Yeah. Oh yeah. But um, what was it? Uh, I think Chappelle talked about that, right? The only oh, time yeah. they ever, the black, uh, the black they ever supported gun reform is when the Black Panthers uh, were there. So, yeah. so anyway, um, so my questions along these same lines and. and Listeners, we're sorry if, you know, kind of like Dave Chappelle's special, we can't be as funny as, you know, we normally are. Because right now it's just it, it's just not the time. Is and that why your joke was bad? Yes. No, that's not why my joke was bad. But <laughs> <laughs> you set yourself up for that one. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but no, we, we, we aren't joking as much. Um, even with our questions, but so I want to explain, you know, I've, I've been talking about the scholarship uh, for Jenica and some of the issues that I've been having with that. Um, I finally got it figured out, I think. So I think we're good, but what happened and what took so long, I'll just kind of put it out there was that the university of Alabama changed the verbiage in their memorandums of agreement that they will not earmark money based on race. Um, and what they say is, and, and that's how the memorandum of agreement is written, is that uh, they'll let it be in there that it says increase the diversity and, uh, and inclusion of the campus, but they won't specifically say this scholarship will go to an African-American female. And I, did, I had a problem with that because it's it, one it's my money. I want to put, give it to who I want to give it to, but their, their retort is that they don't want to discriminate with this money. 
And so we went back and forth. We're arguing, we're arguing, we're arguing. And all of this happened. The the protest started and, you know, University of Alabama, they pulled down three or four plaques off of campus for Confederate leaders and that type of thing. So they they're changing the fascia. They're doing things that are public that may appease folks around. But then when you talk about the actual system, the, the, the board of trustees, the systemic part of systemic racism, they don't want to change it. They don't want to move and they don't want to budge when it comes to, we know that we've intentionally harmed and we not as in UA, but just society has intentionally harmed black people over the last 400, 450 years. And they need a leg up. They need money that's earmarked for them so that they can actually go to school. And they've had to fight to fight to be able to do that. Um, But they don't want to change anything that actually earmarks that for us. So my question to you guys is your thoughts on all of these companies that are doing these public statements and, you know, just saying, yes, Black Lives Matter. I, I think I've seen a joke about Black Lives Matter for all the other companies then Ben and Jerry's like F racism. Yeah. We're going to burn this bitch down yeah. and all of this. And so for you guys, do you think these public statements really are going to change much on the back end of these companies or uh, and, and how do we actually get that? the systemic part of it and, and actually force change on these companies instead of just the, the statements. No, uh, it's not going to change <laughs> anything. They're mo- they while I have appreciated, I mean, it's, you know, kind of cool to see them say it at the same time, in my opinion, most of them are, are empty. And we posted the meme on our Instagram page. Uh, it said like all these companies, yeah, black lives matter. Woohoo. Woohoo. But their executive board, it had like 15 white emojis and then one brown emoji. Like, it's cool to say that stuff. But at the end of the day, like, what are you really doing? So unless you're putting some action behind these words, if you're looking at your hiring practices, your um, your uh, promotion practices and things like that, if you're not doing any of that, then your statement is hollow and empty and you could have kept it. Um, is is it, it almost and I hate to be cynical on this. It almost feels like it's the popular thing to do right now. Almost like a a, a hit rap song. You know what I mean? Like it's just right now. It's cool to say Black Lives Matter because you can't tell me these companies and these people all of a sudden feel this way. I mean, maybe you could say, well, that George Floyd video. It was so gruesome that it made people wake up. Well, that that's almost kind of a shame that it took you to watch a man being killed for eight minutes and 46 seconds for you to accept that Black Lives Matter. But think about Kaepernick was what, four years ago now? Wasn't mm-hmm. nobody supporting him. Nobody was stepping up. Nobody was saying, yeah, Black Lives Matter. Now, I can't even turn on the Amazon TV without it saying we love black people. Or or log on to HBO. Hey, black people, we with you. You know, so to me, it's empty unless you are putting in the practices and and evaluating your company and saying, hey, you know, are we truly supporting, you know, black people? And and are we really giving them a fair shake like we should be? If you're not doing any any of that, it was empty. I mean, it was nice to see. It was nice to read. Don't get me wrong. But 
you need more people because we don't believe you, or at least I don't. Um, they ain't gonna do. Shit. I mean, it's just very simple. Like if you keep it, and I'm gonna try to be as simple as possible on this. Are they doing anything illegal with their practices? I mean, Rise, I'm, I'm asking you: Are they doing anything illegal with their practices? No, no. Does well, they they probably are, but they cover it up really, really well, um, and so they skirt the law. I think it's just like Alabama. They're not doing anything illegal. As a matter of fact, they're sticking to the law probably more than you would like. Because what if good old redneck came and said, "I got a million dollars that can only go to a white person"? Um, that wouldn't be fair to the African Americans, would you? And they'll call you African Americans because they're not cool enough to say black. You know, I don't trust anybody that can't say black. Uh, it, yeah. So, so would you would you feel like that was fair to African-Americans? No, I wouldn't. So to protect that, you know, the good kind of have to suffer with the bad. So we're just to make sure that that never happens to African-American, our African-American students. We want to make sure that we're inclusive of everybody. Then it's also somebody on there probably says, you know, that also talk about black on black crime. And, you know, you guys don't get mad. So there this this works better for them. Do they benefit in any way by changing their practices? Do they make do they make more money now by doing any of this hiring more black people or anything, Rosie? Um, well, actually, there are studies that the more diverse and inclusive your company is, the the higher your bottom line is. So they would, but they're not gonna go down that road. You they ain't gonna do shit. I mean, every person can sell. You can make the numbers say what you want to say. You know, I'm in sales. Trust me. I've I seen it. You know, you can make the numbers say what you want to say. And those are soft dollars. You you know, you can't guarantee me if I hire uh, Rosio Mancarella that I'm going to increase my productivity and my profitability profitability by X. Can you? Because if you, I'll, I'll hire all the niggers you want if you let me do that. <laughs> no. There's there's really nothing that benefits them to change like they, they it's just like when I when we're talking about racism, like there's nothing. That they get out of this. They feel they actually feel a little better because we took down some Confederate plaques and some flags and some statues. I want you know how many you know, how many uh, Black Lives Matters marches I went to. That's going to be the new I got a black friend. I just want y'all to know that <laughs> that is going to be the no new I got a I can't breathe T-shirt. I went to three marches, you know, like that's what people are going to do now. It's trendy. It's trendy. And I was there. I'm not part of the problem. Why would they change? You know, it, it's just it's just not going to happen. It's, it's, it's sad to say, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope this is. But I just don't see that much good in people like it's just because for them it's not that bad. It is not that believable. And I'm not going to inconvenience myself that much. To change somebody, you know, change something I don't really see is that broken. Because if if they were, they should have done it. Why haven't they done it yet? Like there's this is not new. They knew they just failed to see now that it's thrown in their face. They got to do something, but they. You know. It hurts them more by not doing anything, so they have to do something. 
Mm-hmm. So and they and they and they're doing just just enough. Yeah, we can all. That's agree. what it is. Uh, the NFL all of a sudden like realizing that you know what. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick was right. <laughs> you, know, they're, they're, you guys wouldn't believe it, but there is some racism in the police force. <laughs> Roger, like, Roger Goodell oh, came oh, out with that little speech. The other owners was like, I don't know what he's talking about. They still haven't spoken out. Yeah, I know, right? You know, it's, it, it's, it's still kind of like, and I think he did that to cover Drew Brees' ass. You know, like, that's just my opinion. So, no, they ain't gonna do nothing. Yeah. To add but true. That that's that's you might get some coupons. What I feel like too. That's that's my that's my dilemma. And 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 truthfully, if Jenica didn't love UA like she did, um, and that wasn't her wish to actually fund that for that school, I would have walked away and said, Nope, I'm not giving y'all nothing. I'm I'm about to send this thirty thousand dollars that we've raised. I just want to let everybody know that's how much we've raised so far is thirty thousand dollars for the scholarship. That is amazing. So, that's amazing. Yes, thirty thousand yeah. dollars. I I will send this to an HBCU if you know if it wasn't truthfully what she wanted. Um. So, but we got it, and uh, we're going through the Black Alumni Association. That's <laughs> that, that was my workaround. It's like, all right, they're for everybody black. I'm good. All right, so that there I, it is. you know. That that's how um, we're gonna do it. So I'm waiting on the memorandum of agreement. I approved the initial draft uh, a few days ago. So I'm waiting on the final draft from the legal department, and then I'll sign it, and we should be good. Congrats. So thanks, man. Yeah, I, that's huge for us. Uh, but it's that same thing, though. I, I feel like how do we actually make the companies make a change? And like you were talking about with Black Pack and us putting money together, I think another part about that is we need to create a new green book where, and for anybody who doesn't know what the green book was, it was like a brochure that listed safe places for black people to be able to travel, especially in the South uh, during Jim Crow. So you, you had your, your basically your almanac or your, your brochure to be able to say, okay, if I'm in Huntsville, here are the places that I can go that I'm going to get treated fairly. I think we need a new green book where we list companies that get on our approved list of like, yep, you are diverse and inclusive. You here's your diversity and inclusion score, uh, and you're good enough to be on this list. You do enough in the black community. You support enough of what we want in this uh, community uh, that we're going to put you on the list. And here's where we're going to shop because we, you know we always talk about buy black, buy black, buy black. The thing is, there aren't enough black, you know, companies to do everything that we want. You're going to go to Target or Walmart. Let's be honest here. You're going to one of those. Uh, so and and so, which one do you choose? Target, by the way, not Walmart. Hmm. Um, you're gonna in a. You got to go to a grocery store. There, if there's no black owned grocery store in your area, you got Wegmans, Albertsons, Publix. You got to pick one. Which one's going in the green book? Which one do we feel is the one that we're gonna go to as a group? So we can have some buy-in power or some some collective bargaining with those uh, organizations. So that's I feel like how we can make the change. But this right here is not going to make the change. Like th- they're not going to change. These companies aren't going to change their practices uh, because nobody. I they know that a year, two years down the road, when when they start doing their hiring and everything, nobody's going to be thinking about this anymore. And that's the, that's our problem is that we don't think about it anymore. We forget. I mean, this isn't the first time we've had. Now, 
this is the first time in a long time we've had mass protests this large, basically since Black Lives Matter. Um, and, and before Black Lives Matter, it was a really long time. Uh, but since then, I mean, we forgot about it. Diversity and inclusion became kind of a catchphrase right after Black Lives Matter. And then I, I think even in my company, we heard about diversity and inclusion and then we get like our annual, you know, hey, we got to say something about it. Or, you know, every quarter you might get an email about it. Like, that's the thing is that I think they're checking the block with it. I don't think they're really putting it in practice. Not my company not doing that. I'm just saying because um, my company actually does really put diversity and inclusion in practice. Starbucks is a great example. I mean, you know what? Earlier this week, they pretty much told their staff they couldn't wear anything that supported the Black Lives Matter movement. Got a little uh, heat. Got a little heated uh, emails from black people and you know the, the community at large. And all of a sudden, they changed their great. Your Starbucks employees can wear Black Lives Matter buttons and t-shirts and stuff like that real win like they just don't want to be on the wrong side of this mm-hmm. they don't have to do much all they got to do is just not just not just just don't this up and they're already on thin ice because it was a few years ago that situation in philadelphia and starbucks so yeah they, they, yeah they shut down for like two or i think a day or two to do their diversity exactly so did they not yeah. learn were they not paying attention of course not man like it, it's I mean, it's just it's stupid. Like every year, like the people that are getting fired now for posting dumb stuff on social media, the people that get fired after every Halloween for putting some blackface or some dumb like racist work. Yeah, it's it's, it's like so I don't know why we give people like why we give people too much credit. People are going to be dumb and do dumb stuff and racist stuff. And yeah, it's not going to change. But what you got for us, man? Yeah, man. So no, so no question for me today, man. I just want to say before we roll out of here, man, two quick things. One, happy Juneteenth to everybody out there. You know what I'm saying? We recording Juneteenth is, is it this Friday? It's, it's yeah, a yeah, Friday. Friday. It was a Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Friday, Friday coming up. Also, happy Father's Day. That's coming up um, next Sunday as well. So happy Juneteenth and Father's Day. Fellas, make sure you get treated appropriately. Make sure your queens, your women, or whoever is in your life, make sure that you are treated accordingly and that it's your day and enjoy it. So shout out to all the fathers out there. Uh, But I also want to say we talked about a lot of racism on here once again. I just want to give a huge shout out to the entire city of Atlanta because the tricks that they tried to, well, the tricks that they did play once again, some of you guys, we got a good friend who stood in line for four hours. And I heard some stories where people stayed twice as long to vote. So first off, I just want to say, I don't want to hear the argument about you can stand in line for shoes anymore. Get that bullshit the fuck out of here. Okay. Because the way they treat us with voting, the system, the system is set up to try to discourage us and suppress our vote. There, there is a concentrated effort to to keep us from voting. So I just want to send a big shout out to you guys. Uh, that's that's major for you to stand in line all that time and and make your voice heard because we saw in other neighborhoods that were not predominantly black that that those weren't the kind of wait times that they had. So. Just, just wanted to send a shout out to you guys. All right, Rise, that's a good one, man. Shout out to the city of Atlanta. 
Rosie, what you got for us, man? Um, along those same lines, I want to shout out Chicago as well. Um, their mayor is like on it, man. She is on it. They the there was cops came out like during the riots. I think there was like twelve cops that just would like kick back oh, yeah, but, inside of the but, the U.S. senators, uh, congressman, like, congressman like Bobby Rush uh, office, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they ate his popcorn. Bobby was mad about that this, popcorn, this bro. Ate <laughs> <laughs> my popcorn in my microwave. <laughs> he was eating. Yeah, but she fired him. Like the yeah. mayor fired him. Like that, you know that that back to that voting local man. Like if we want these people held accountable, you got to put somebody in there that's going to hold them accountable for you. So I'm I'm all for that. Shout out to them, which is. Which is crazy because a month ago they had a thousand memes about her. And yeah, yeah. But even those memes were funny though. They, like she, they were she because she was just like, oh, um, she was being serious, and she she is she's serious. She she is very serious. But yeah, it, it it's it's man. So I'm I'm happy for them and for her for standing up like that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, I I posted today about uh, democratic socialism. We're officially rebranding that to millennialism. So I want you guys to know that uh, that's we're going to call it millennialism. We get all the so- democratic socialism good stuff with uh, out- all the baggage. So <laughs> that's uh, we're going to call it millennialism from now on. So if you hear me talking about that, that's kind of generally what I'm talking about. All right, coin it, put it on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. What real nice. uh, real quick before you go further, I just want Roger reminded me how the mayor fired those officers and your question, what can we do? Some of the stuff we can do is what happened in Louisville, Kentucky, the Brianna Taylor law. They got rid of no knock search warrants. That's the type of stuff yep. we need, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually about to mention that. That was going to be one of my closing. But that's good, man. I'm 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 glad you guys mentioned that. So for me, I don't want to make it seem like I'm anti-police and that because I have a lot of good friends and frat brothers and people I've met over the years that are great police officers in doing what they do. But it's the same way a few bad apples can give black people a bad rap, according to, you know, a lot of these white people like. A few bad police are doing it for you. A few bad apples are doing it for you. And it makes me go back to that. uh that Chris Rock special when he talks about a few bad apples and this is not one of those jobs where you can have a few bad apples. He compares it to, you know, a pilot on a plane. Like, you know, you can't just have, you know, Delta can't come by and say, yeah, you know, most of our pilots are good. Most of them like to land the plane. You know, it doesn't work that way. You know, most of police being good and most wanting to protect and serve doesn't help because at the end, the end of the day, the bad apples are definitely going to outshine everybody because of the, they have immediate impact and deadly impact. So I'm not anti-police. I know we made a joke about blue lives, which I really don't believe is a thing. But, you know, we just do right by do right people. So anything else, folks, before I go? Nah, I mean, we can break oh. we can break down that blue lives matter is a myth next episode because that may have some people scratching their head. But we'll break that down. for OK. You. Yeah. OK. Well, Happy Juneteenth, especially if you're in Texas, you know. What did you guys learn about Juneteenth? When you said when? Yeah. Man, I I'm embarrassed to say, man, it, it hadn't been too long, though. It maybe maybe 10 years ago at the at best, at best. 
Like what I always you, heard about it, but you know, go ahead, Rosie. Yeah, like me, I was I knew about it. My grandma, she talked about Juneteenth a lot. So I knew about it, but it, it was just another day for us. It was not a like a big celebration. It wasn't a fourth of July. That was the, that's the thing. And I, I think we need to make it as big as Fourth of July. We need to make it like it it truthfully, it needs to become a national holiday. Yes. I, I really feel like that is the day that everybody was free. Like we all in the United States were free. Now we didn't actually become free, but on paper, that's the day that uh, everybody was free. So when you talk about, you know, June 4th being the day that, you know, we became a country and we freed ourselves from the tyranny of Britain, all of us didn't free ourselves. And so that's why I think Juneteenth, we definitely need to uh, make it known that, that's the day that everybody actually freed themselves from tyranny. Yeah. So being growing up in Texas as a young, young kid, it was definitely a lot bigger. Actually, it was funny because I almost forgot about it when I moved back to Mobile because nobody ever mentioned it, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, talked about it more in Florida because there was people from all over and I had some friends from Texas and stuff like that. And uh, definitely when I moved back to Houston, Juneteenth is pretty big here, especially because of where we're at. And, you know, it, they have a lot of connection with that. I'll go into that later on uh, the next episode. But happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's Day from three brothers. No sense. Thank you, listeners, for uh, continuing to listen to us and support us. And uh, even some of those that are protecting us from these uh, trolls. Uh, we really appreciate you. So three brothers, no sense. See you next week. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment. And most importantly, listen again. Peace. And happy birthday, Ma. I forgot to tell you earlier in the episode. Happy birthday.